Show me the crypto. <laughs> Show me the crypto. <laughs> Show me the crypto. In a world on the brink of disruption, two men will bring you clarity by interviewing some of the most intelligent and influential names in the blockchain world. Welcome to Show Me the Crypto with your hosts, Wade Patterson and Ulf Lonegren. Well, hi there and welcome to Show Me the Crypto. My name is Wade Patterson. And I'm Ulf Lonegren. We're a couple of friends from Canada who love learning about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. And we're happy you're along for the ride. Whether you're a crypto virgin or you know your way around the block, we hope our interviews with some of the most interesting and influential people in the blockchain space help bring you value. And today we're joined by Uma, COO and co-founder of Apex. Uma began her online entrepreneurial journey at the age of 15 by helping businesses successfully transition to digital. In 2013, she discovered the blockchain world and has been expanding her knowledge in the space ever since. Uma's mission is to empower people around the world by introducing them to the benefits of blockchain through social media. Uma, welcome to Show Me the Crypto. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, really excited to be here with you. Yeah, we're excited to have you on as well. And there's a lot to unpack in that bio, but I want to start with the fact that at the age of 15, you were helping businesses with their digital transformation. So was that something that you were always passionate about from a young age or because that seems very unique? Yes, uh, you are right. And I I always say like my journey is extremely unconventional. It wasn't like I was just born into some type of tech family, um, nothing like that. Um, I was actually more into arts and um, dance. Um, I danced for seven years. And um, actually this is how I got into the world of tech into crypto blockchain because my even now co-founder and the CEO of Apex, Tony Winchester, um, some of you may already know who that is. Um, but he's really a pioneer in that space. He was very early with Bitcoin. He started mining Bitcoin in 2011. And um, he's also a very passionate dancer and he's into all kinds of things. He's not just a genius in technology and crypto and blockchain, but so many other areas. And so he was also a dance coach at that time. And through him, I discovered because as dancers, you're like a big family. And, you know, afterwards you hang out at, the office or you know you're all together and you eat something and you talk about things that you are passionate about and so um, at that time I was really young but I was always seeing like in his office there were like mining machines and these machines <laughs> uh, where you could see trades going up and down and so I was just fascinated by that and I really wanted to learn more so um, I think curiosity in the first place was one of my traits, um, something that um, that I had, where I was just really curious to understand and learn about what he was doing and because it was so different. And that's also how I learned about entrepreneurship in general, just doing something on your own that's sort of outside of the system and something that you can't learn in school. And so, yeah, that's sort of how things got started. So in those early days then, were you invest I mean 2011 that is like the very yeah. very beginning of this so was that something that like what was your foray into it did you start investing early on in that time I mentioned 2013 in the bio 
Yes. Um, well, I didn't start investing until I would say about 2015, like a little bit of just pocket money, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, big bucks because obviously I was still going to school. Um, but um, I just started learning about it in around 2013, just looking at like coin market cap for the first time. I didn't understand it right away. It really takes some time to get into that. Um, and I would say um, that through throughout the years until 2016, which was, you know, when when we discovered Steam, the blockchain Steam, and that was tied to, you know, Steam at the blogging site. Um, that's really when when I started to connect the dots. And I was like, wait, you know, I understand that blockchain is the future. It's like the internet 3.0. And you have, um, there's different use cases, but now that actually makes it super real. So just going from application to application, learning more. Um, but yeah, I did start investing a little bit, but, you know, just playing around with it. And it was exciting to even see it go from like a few hundred dollars to a thousand bucks. Like that was surreal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, just, just, just learning um, more in, in the first place. Um, and as you mentioned, I was part of a digital agency that we started at the time. So my focus really wasn't on my crypto and blockchain. That was something I was interested in and learning. Um, but also uh, Tony at the time was programming different tools to help you organically reach more followers or gain an audience online, a social media presence. And at the time, there was no such term as like a social media influencer. Right. So it was brand new. And um, when I saw those tools, I was just like, hey, can I try to market that, sell it to businesses and brands? Um, and he was like, sure, you know, you can try that, go ahead. And so that's sort of how the digital agency started. Um, and so my focus was more on that at the time, but still learning and looking at CoinMarketCap and just getting more and more step-by-step um, -step into that space. You mentioned Steemit there, and it's an interesting one. A lot of our early guests here are people who, because that was my foray into all of this was Steemit as well. And that's where I met a lot of the people originally. For you, I mean, your username was Mrs. Steemit. So you were, you know, at one point pretty committed to the platform. But in a sense, what do you think that Steemit did well? And what do you think that maybe it didn't do so well? Yes. Yeah, so firstly, um, I think it was the perfect gateway for people to just get into crypto without having to invest, right? Like that's the, that was the first time where you ever saw, wait, I can actually earn cryptocurrency um, just by being active on this platform, which was super strange. And I remember Tony telling me about this. He was like, there's this new, you know, cryptocurrency tied to a blogging site. And I was like, okay, let's try it out. And literally the same day when he told me, I just put up this blog post um, and I just chose like we had we had we had different usernames. I was like, OK, I'll take, you know, the Mrs. Steemit. No one's ever going to read my blog post. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just a few hours. And I put like 10 random facts about me. And after a few hours of after I refreshed the page, it, it said like two thousand U.S. dollars or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, there were comments and, um, you know, the people that have built it had built the platform and seen my post, upvoted it. So it got a lot of traction. It was on the trending page. And I was like, oh, my gosh, holy cow, that's actually <laughs> working. You know, the technology, it's real. Um, so that's when things got real. And then I got interested in, wait, so how do you actually exchange it? What's a wallet and all these things? So before it was more like this is a fascinating technology. Um, and, and I would say to Tony, maybe, hey, I'll give you some of my pocket money. You know, you can put it into Bitcoin or whatever you want. But um, I, I wasn't um, ready to actually uh, fully take on the responsibility of, okay, I'm going to 
go on an, on an exchange and, and start trading and start setting up my own wallet. Um, but then through Steam, and I think that was the perfect gateway to, to uh, learn more and yeah, just, just um, get into the space uh, much deeper than, than previously. Right. So um, yeah, that was amazing. I think the technology and also the community um, because we really saw people that were so passionate about, um, yeah, just blockchain, but not just blockchain, but about life in general and just super supportive because with social media today, um, I think it's become um, quite toxic in a lot of ways where you see tons of negative comments and just people trying to put each other down. Uh, but on Steam, it was so refreshing to have so much support and positivity. And so I really love that. Um, I also attended all three Steam Fests uh, where you could meet the people in real life for the first time before you just knew them virtually. So that was really cool. Um, but then obviously um, my team and I, we also having that background as a marketing agency with knowing branding, knowing how to package um, things and then, and then make them a success and bring them to a mass audience, we knew that Steemit was, was difficult um, for, for the mainstream person to, to really get on board. Uh, when I would tell my friends, like girlfriends from high school, I was like, hey, check out this awesome platform. You can earn some crypto with that. Um, they were really hesitant because I remember in the beginnings, you had to like put some HTML code in order to format your posts. So it was, it was, there were a lot of barriers to entry, I would say, um, not, in a, not because, because again, it, it didn't cost anything, but it was just very tech, like techie designed. Um, there was no real branding, no real marketing team behind that. And so, um, yeah, this is also the things that we realized within our team. And we said, if this in technology is incredible, but imagine if we would build something more like an Instagram version of that, something that people are familiar with, they use it on a daily basis. It's super seamless and easy to use. Um, but yeah, they can earn crypto with it for, for posting and for, for voting and for commenting. And so, so then that's what we did. Awesome. Yeah, I want to talk a bit more about Apex because when was kind of the timeline and when you originally started, was that the focus as to, okay, let's make something that's really slick design and, and that side of things that's going to appeal to the users? Yes, absolutely. That was our initial thought because we were so active on Steemit. We were so engaged, you know, um, Tony and, and our entire team being like top authors on the platform. We just, we were so passionate about blockchain on social media because we saw all the issues, not only through Steemit, we saw the incredible technology, but then also being like that digital social media agency, we saw all the issues that were just getting worse and worse with YouTube banning, uh, you know, accounts and videos, uh, just in general, traditional social media platforms, um, completely demonetizing uh, content. And then also just for the average person, it was super difficult to, to actually get something in return for all the time and effort they spent on social media. Now through Steam, it was possible, but again, we had this, this issue of, it wasn't really a, just a seamless um, application. And so we put the, those two together where we were like, we're like experts in both worlds in a way. We understand the issues of traditional social media, the centralization of things, um, the, the, uh, the 
data that's uh, being wrongfully used. We understand uh, the algorithms that suppress user content so that you cannot even organically reach your followers. And you know, there's there's all these issues. Um, maybe you've watched this uh, Netflix show, uh, The Social Experiment, I think it's called. Like they highlight a lot of these issues. And then on the other side, we saw blockchain. We were like, this technology is so incredible, but how do we get that in the hands of people so they that they use it like they use the internet or they use electricity without actually having to think about how it works, but they just use it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so putting those two together, that's sort of the basis of why we decided and how we've then formed Apex um, as the social media app that it is today. So I want to take a step back and, you know, our one of the aims of our show is to be for for people who are brand new to this space, brand new to crypto, crypto. maybe they've never heard of Steemit, maybe they've never heard of Apex. So in a really basic sense, how does the average person, like if they want to get on Apex, how do they do that? And what is the experience like for them? And even something like upvoting that they might not understand, like, can you walk us through all of that? Absolutely. So Apex is, as I said, a social media app, a platform that allows you to earn cryptocurrency for posting, for, for posting content, for voting on content, for commenting. So for being active on the platform, you get rewarded and you have an integrated wallet where directly everything that you earn gets transferred to in form of our own cryptocurrency. So the platform has an integrated currency that you can then choose to either trade for other currencies like the euro, dollar, yen, Bitcoin, um, or other currencies, or you can choose to hold it. And when you hold the token, um, the Apex coin within the app, um, that actually enables you to have more voting power, meaning more influence on the platform. Because on Facebook, it's like every single person just has one like, right? Like you have a like, you can like things, but what's really the value of a like? There is no real value behind that. But on Apex, instead of having likes, you have votes. Um, You have votes per day that you can use. And those votes get registered by our technology and then get displayed in form of that currency. So essentially what we say is that if you're familiar with the concept of mining, where these mining machines, they get, uh, they basically produce the cryptocurrency, um, not just for for nothing, it's not that, that it comes out of the air, but it's actually because they perform work. Because of the work that they perform in order to secure the global network, they get rewarded in form of Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. And on Apex, when you're active on the platform, you're actually create the value of the platform, right? You're part of the system. And so for doing that work, just simply for investing your time, your creativity, uh, your energy, you get something back in return. And that is um, our currency. You mentioned that uh, users can earn cryptocurrency uh, through the app and they basically get these votes in the form of your token. Um, by using it. And that's really how they're kind of rewarded. Um, can you just like dumb that down? Does, does using the platform basically mean posting content? Is posting content what then rewards them with more votes? Yes. So uh, when you post content, you obviously get, uh, on other platforms, you get likes. On Apex, you get upvotes from people. And depending on how much value they already have in their account, either because they've been super active on the platform before, 
or they've bought tokens to increase their voting power, which means the weight of their vote. Um, so that increases the overall amount that you earn per post. Now from every post, 65% goes to the content creator, but then 25% also goes to the voters. So actually the audience just for voting on content also gets rewarded. So it's really a win-win situation. Uh, no one loses when you vote on content. Um, there's sometimes this misperception that uh, you think something goes away from you, but actually you earn while you're voting as well. So um, yeah, you can be a content creator and then you earn for your posts or you can just be uh, the audience and engaged on the platform. You can earn through your uh, awesome comments. Uh, we also, like sometimes we even had that comments earn more than posts, which is crazy, but um, yeah, these things can happen. So uh, it's, it's just really about empowering the end user where it's like you do the same exact thing that you normally would on Instagram, on TikTok, on these other platforms, but on Apex, you get something back for, for your time, for your creativity. That's super interesting. And as someone who's uh, like hasn't experienced that before, um, something that pops in my head right away is, Kat, is there is there any way that that can be abused? Like, could users be like, oh, well, if I'm earning for likes, I'll just go like everything. How's that handled? Um, yeah, no, it doesn't really work like that because firstly, you have a limited set amount of votes per day. Um, and voting doesn't completely, um, you know, like earn incredible amounts because again, you have those 25%, those are split among the voters. Um, and then you also need to up your voting power. So if you're just, you know, voting um, like autonomously on just one post per day or on or multiple posts per day, that can slowly up your, your power, but it doesn't really do much. Like it would take a very, a very long time. And then also mm -hmm. since we're an application, we don't have that issue of let's, this whole bot system that a lot of the, the platforms that are just purely web-based um, encounter. I gotcha, cool. Um I would imagine that one of your biggest challenges, Uma, is the the network effect. And so let's start that off with kind of what's the user base right now on Apex and how how are you approaching that challenge? Because it's tough, right? Like, I mean, people are used to Instagram. They're used to Facebook. They're used to TikTok. So how how do you convince them or, or what's part of that effort to get people onto your platform? Yes. Um, so actually for us, um, and it's, it's always crazy because this is the, the biggest issue that most people have, right? It's how do you actually build a, com a community that is long-term and how do you scale that? Well, for us, it was like, we have the network. We have connections. Like for example, Paul Ring is our president of business operations in the US. And he's had his own record label under Universal Music Distribution for over 25 years. He has uh, connections to the biggest celebrities. Um, he, he did the Michael Jackson tribute show, like just connected in that world. And he again brought you know, people on board like Darren Olean, who um, is also part of the, um, of the, the trending Netflix show, um, Hunting for Health um, um, on, on on Netflix, I think I said that with um, Zac Efron and you know with huge with big big names and that are who are just involved in that space. And so we have the network when it comes to uh, marketing and scaling, not just in the U.S. side, but then also here um, in Europe. Again, Tony um, and and other team members have been in that art world and dancing entertainment industry for a long time. So we have a huge network when it comes to that. And then also 
right now you can see on our platform with the thousands of people that we signed up and we actually had to manually approve because keep in mind we're still in beta and right now you would need a steam account in order to get on apex so we had to manually approve them um, but the people that we do have that community is so strong that we already have over 120 ambassadors in over 20 countries um, that are just they go into their own universities in venezuela and bangladesh and Indonesia and like all over the world, um, people already, they, they print their own shirts, they hold presentations, they go out there and talk about Apex. And so you see that already with this small of a community. And we just imagine like when we're ready from a tech standpoint, which is what we are currently like in the very last stage of before we, we have our global launch and we are on our blockchain, on our own blockchain network, where we're able to scale um, and onboard the masses, then that isn't an issue. So it was more that we we were we didn't want to scale too fast and the technology not be ready. But when it is, then we know we just have to press the button and it will take off. That makes a lot of sense. And so that shift that you're talking about, that's the shift from the Steam blockchain to the the Telos. Is that correct? The Telos blockchain. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. based, it's our own blockchain protocol, and yes, we work with the Telos team. Um, it's okay. it's a protocol that's based on the EOS network. Right. So um, that is an entire new infrastructure where we enter an ecosystem. And now, before it was just our in our minds, it was like the Apex platform, right? You had the Apex application, and we wanted to make that big. Well, now what it is, is we have an Apex blockchain, an Apex ecosystem, where we now have a completely different vision, um, meaning that if you have an incredible gaming app and you want to include blockchain, you want to have a token, well, now you might be able to get into the Apex ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so we see it more of like Apex becoming something like um um, like a decentralized astro in a, way, in a way where you have different applications that have incredible use cases for the, for the Apex currency. And the Apex platform being the, the first um, and, you know, our, our most passionate, um, of course, because it's our baby um, project and the first real application and use case where, um, yeah, you will see the, the global scaling of, and then afterwards, you know, we can always add on and just have different things come together where, where we create even more value for the users. It, it's super interesting, like for me, coming from Steemit and all of that kind of thing, like when I'm telling somebody about blockchain who doesn't really know about it, a lot of times I'll open up the Apex app just because there's something so mm -hmm. like sexy about it in a sense. Like it's just like even the upvote, the little like slide and like the way you flick it, everything like that, like it's a great user experience and that kind of thing. So, so timeline wise, do you have a bit of a roadmap for when this is like when somebody could go, you know, whether it's in the app store rather than going through test flight or that type of thing? Yes, so currently we are in the process of internally testing everything. We want to make sure it's 100% stable and everything is working smoothly. Um, then the next stage will be that we'll have our ambassadors join the testing. Um, and then we, we want to, of course, have a global launch with this. Um, and this is going to include a new registration process where users are finally going to be able just to sign up through Facebook, Google, Apple, like very easy, like you would expect on other social media platforms as well. Um, and so that 
that's um, our roadmap in terms of what's going to happen, the different milestones. Um, and we're expecting to have our, um, our launch or the, the rollout um, of our new blockchain with this new update um, in the first quarter of next year. Uma, you mentioned ambassadors and having 120 ambassadors uh, globally. Uh, for one, that's awesome. Congratulations on, on achieving that already uh, in the current state uh, that you guys are in. But uh, my question is, is that an official thing? Or when you say ambassadors, do you just mean that they're out there representing Apex and putting out the good word? Or is that like a, they're an official Apex ambassador and that's like something that you designate? No, they are official ambassadors. We have junior ambassadors, senior ambassadors, people that have been there from the start. Um, we have an entire program for that. And even once a month, we do like an ambassador ceremony where we highlight um, the most active ambassadors um, that those have who have supported um, most people or um, brought on board um, other members. And so we, we track that um, and yeah, we, we know the different ambassadors. We have someone also um, designated or focused on that program to make sure that we organically on that level also always keep spreading and um, spreading the movement um, and informing people about Apex and not just going that like we want, we want to be this like high level only influencer and uh, you know PR marketing, but just have it um, also just expand the team in that way um, that we have people that translate things um, as soon as we do do a press release, we have it in all kinds of different languages um, and, and website translation, things like that. So they are very helpful and very hands-on. And they also help a lot with like spam accounts, detecting things on the platform that aren't working sometimes before our team detects it right away. So um, no, the ambassadors are, are there and they're um, yeah, very much like in, in an extension of the Apex team. I guess for our audience, you know, if there's someone interested in Apex and, and uh, they, you know, want to use the platform and so go so far as to become an ambassador, is that something where this is still, uh, you know, you're still recruiting more ambassadors or is that kind of like full for the time being? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. The ambassador program is open. Uh, people can apply. Um, we have our CMO, Felix Sander, um, who's directly responsible and talking to them, whoever is interested. Um, of course, there are some requirements, like you should already be an active Apex user and spend some time on the platform, understand how it works, um, at least on like a on like a good basic fundamental level. And then also, um, yeah, just just be very passionate about the project. You know, you've been on the platform for a while and you just think you wanna help um, take it to the next level. You want to um, just, just do something maybe locally or you feel like your language and your region um, hasn't there, there hasn't been as much exposure or a lot of ambassadors. So then definitely feel free to reach out to us. Um, uh, you, you can see our admins on Telegram um, and yeah, just, just um, reach out to any of us and we'll forward you to the right person. Again, yeah, if you reach out directly to Felix, he will also assist you and um, we can send you the information of what's required to become an ambassador. Awesome. Uma, I want to ask you a tough question and uh, put you on the spot here a little bit. And that is one of the things from my personal experience, one of the problems with Steemit in my mind was um, this idea of adding sometimes monetary value into social media and the, the issues that it brings about. So for example, the argument that perhaps, you know, two sides, one, it could become almost a little bit of a popularity contest from that point of view and it's monetarily funded or, and 
apologize about my crass language, but like a bit of a circle jerk, right? Like you upvote my content, I'll upvote your content and that kind of thing. And and we saw some abuses of that on the Steemit platform. Is that something that that your team's concerned about that you're thinking of addressing in any way? Or, or do you think that that's not going to be an issue? Yes, um, I think it's a great question. Um, and just about like the first point when you said like popularity contest and so on. I mean, that is social media right now, right? True, if you think true. about it, you have big influencers and they support each other. And um, it's really incredibly difficult. And the platforms make it even more difficult with the algorithms to now get any exposure or to grow your brand and audience. So we bring it back to that organic traffic, right? Where you can really, for your content, get rewarded. And what I personally notice is that, is that the people become a lot more mindful of the type of content that they post, the type of comments that they write, and because again, it's now being monetarily rewarded. Um, and and yeah, I think it's it it has. I understand what you mean with. By, by, by saying like, if you bring in like money, the money aspect, it can become like a greedy thing. And, you know, I don't want to up with this person and only that person. But I just think um, just like you say, you know, getting wealthy, rich or making money is not that it changes a person, but it just magnifies who you already are, right? So I think it, it just brings out the truth more. Um, and we just, you know, before it was just liking everything, but now it's like, but does that person really deserve it? Is that content worthy? And I think, yeah, just from watching the Apex community, um, I think that 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 in it, in it of itself, having that monetary aspect, ha- like makes the um, creates like an, a self autonomous regulatory system in a way. Mm. Um, but then also, of course, we do have people. We bring on board people, experts that are um, content creators, and um, yeah, just in their field have been have been in their field for a long time. Let's say. Um, sport like sport in sports or in arts and they really know their field then what we can say is we delegate them tokens and they have um, also the job of of finding quality content and finding new people and rewarding that so that it gets seen more so yeah there's going to be different mechanisms and things that we want to implement to make sure that we um, keep the system um, as fair as possible but also um, keep it as decentralized as possible because we don't want to then interfere too much. Too much. So I think it's a balance um, of those things. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, and just from the community standpoint, I mean, for you, this is a project you've been immersed in the last few years. You've mentioned you've got a really tight community. Like, how has that experience been for you making these connections? And and that's pretty much your your full time focus is is kind of curating this community, but the relationships you've made, everything along those lines, what has that meant over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's been an absolute journey. It's been so incredible meeting people from all over the world. And um, again, it started out with Steemit, but what it's turned into where we now have like this passionate community that um, we all have the same vision and mission and um, it's just really heartwarming. Like with some people, we've already like we sent them things and, and gifts to other places across the world, and then they receive it. And we see people wearing wearing our merchandise and posting posting that on Apics. And you know, as I said, going to the universities, teaching the youth, it's just um, such an incredible feeling knowing that um, other people share your um, passion, share your mission, and they want to help you really bring this to the world. And um, you know, this is a huge mission that we're on and we have, 
um, and it's not possible to do it alone. So obviously to have this community that is just doing an incredible job at um, spreading the word and making things bigger, growing uh, what we've uh, built in the, in the beginning and now turning that into something so much bigger. Um, it, it's just really beautiful to, to watch, to be a part of, to experience. Um, and also it, it's fun because yeah, before I would have never envisioned myself, you know, speaking with like developers on a daily basis and then having like the, to delegate our, um, with our marketing um, team in LA and just having, you know, all these different parts and parties be involved um, in working in their own separate fields, but then that making, like making that um, an entire, um, as I said, vision or something that we really want to give to the world. And so that is, yeah, it's, it's just really uh, a blessing. I feel very grateful and, and fortunate to have such an incredible team and, and people that I get to work with every day. Um, something you mentioned earlier around, um, you know, a benefit of your platform over, say, traditional, like what's popular today, the standard social media platforms that are out there. You know, we talk about YouTube and uh, censorship, demonetization, you know, banning accounts. Uh, I'm curious, how does that work on your platform? Do you have rules and regulations? Can anyone post anything they want? And what is, how, how does that work around, um, you know, potentially having their content censored or banned uh, on Apex? Yeah, that is um, a good and quite difficult question, obviously. It involves, it's, it's a complex question because it involves a lot of different aspects. Um, and we've had multiple conversations, discussions about that. Um, and as I said, we do want to keep it as decentralized as possible. So what we'll do a lot of times is ask the community. Um, and of course, we, we, just, we just want to make sure that everything is um, free speech, that people can share whatever they want. But then when it, um, when it hurts the, um, the guidelines and that just being you know, abusive content, content that you don't own. So anything that is in a, like, a criminal way, where um, you have, yeah, just things that are unauthorized um, um, content that um, is, is hurtful or shameful, whatever it is, then obviously that um, gets downloaded and gets taken down um, simply because we don't want to have a platform where just, you know, because simply because we don't live in a world um, in, in this, uh, yeah, unicorn and roses world where um, people only share beautiful content and they never post anything that is, um, that is just like harassing or something along, along those lines. And so we want to make sure that Apex is a safe place. It's a safe community and we don't want to reward any type of content, obviously that is, um, that is mis, uh, misbehaved in, in a way. Yeah, the sentence in English. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be a difficult thing to yeah, handle, no yeah. doubt. But it's, it's, very, it's difficult to handle, but what we have is different tools to detect that type of content um, and we have, of course, the community as well. And so um, I do think, you know, this is something that is going to continue with this, continue, we're going to continue to evolve and make sure that we have different solutions um, as we grow, um, as the platform grows. Um, but of course, this is not something that we can, you know, just set in stone and we say, those are the guidelines and this will never change. So um, yeah, we, we, we want to make sure that everything is, is safe but at the same time, keep it a place where, where people can freely share what they want and they don't feel like they're being censored for their own opinion or yeah, free speech. 
And really quick before we leave the topic of Apex, some of those little features that are almost like teasers right now, like DMs and that kind of thing, when this eventually goes kind of like the global launch, is all of that, is, is there going to be some added features, I guess? Um, there is going to be added features, yes. Um, I cannot right now share the timeline <laughs> of those features, what's going to come first and then second, um, but there's definitely going to be some really cool updates. Um, and we have a lot of things planned for the future. Um, right now, our number one focus is just to make sure that the blockchain, uh, the, the backend, everything is 100% stable, uh, that you're able to transfer things like that within the app. Um, and of course, you know, have your own secure wallet, um, everything now on an entire new system. So that has to be um, is number one and the onboarding process. Um, and yeah, everything else after that, um, we have a bunch of features lined up that are really cool and I cannot wait for everyone to, to see and experience. Very cool. And taking a bit of a step back to the greater, like what's happening in the crypto world right now? I mean, you've been aware of this space since 2013. Obviously 2016 was really your deep dive with, with Steemit. But what do you make of it? I mean, you were through the previous bull run and then you've experienced the last couple of years of bear market. What, where do you think we're at right now? And, and what do you think the next few years is going to look like? Wow. Um, yeah, the next few years are going to be crazy. But um, and that's also like in crypto years or terms, like one month is like a year, right? Um, <laughs> so, much, so much happens. Um, so you cannot really I, I don't think you can really predict it in that way. Um, but of course, um, we, we all knew that this was coming. Um, if you've been in a space for that long of a time and you've seen the ups and downs, you know that the bear, the bear, um, bearish market isn't isn't going to stay long. And you know, even if it you know takes some time, eventually there's going to be that huge uh, bull run again. What we're seeing right now, um, it was expected, um, and obviously we had like short pullbacks there, um, which I think is going to happen. Of course, again, it nothing just continues to. Um, fully go go up, right? You need those um, those pullbacks in order for for it to then continuously and sustainably grow. Um, but of course, the numbers it's it's like those jumps from like one hundred dollars to a thousand, like that is you know crazy. And so I think then you see this drop, and when you look at it historically, you always see it goes up like a thousand or ten thousand percent and then drops like a hundred percent and that's really what blows up in the media it's like those oh no bitcoin dropped a hundred percent right but it but they forget that it went just went up like ten thousand percent for example and so um again right now we have that um we have that lead up to the real bull run i think it's it's just really getting started um it hasn't fully started um, but yeah, I think, of course, people right now, I get calls all the time now. Oh, my God, I want to buy Bitcoin. Should I get in right now? And I say, well, it's never the best time to get in when it's hyped up and when everybody's talking about it. You know, so wait for the pullback when everybody gets scared a little bit and they're like, oh, no, it's dropping and it's, you know, down. Um, and that's really when you want to buy in again and then you can be secure and sure that it's going to rise to incredible heights. Um, I see it reaching 100,000 plus um, easily in, yeah, in, in a matter of months, I would say. Um, I don't know how many. I don't know if it's a year or maybe two, but I actually don't think so. I think it's going to come quicker than we expect. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the all-time high right now is, is um, bringing a lot of attention to it. 
So, um, and, and, you know, I think this time around, there is a big difference because before it was just more of a hype. And now it's actually, you have those institutional investors coming in. You have not just the big banks talking about it, but, you know, the huge companies getting involved, building their own blockchains, cryptocurrencies. So the space is really evolving. And that's what we were waiting for and wanted to see, where it's not just the price increases, but you also see the blockchain space um, increasing in, in value and in, in valuable applications and real life use cases. And I think that is slowly taking... Um, place right now. Um, but I do also think it's going to take more time for uh, the, the blockchain space to catch up to the crypto hype. <laughs> so Uma, we like to end every episode of Show Me the Crypto with a three-question segment called You Had Me at Crypto. So Ulf's going to ask you those questions. Okay. All right, Uma. Question one. Who is your favorite person to follow in the crypto space? Ooh. Uh, uh... How quickly do I have to answer? Uh, I like Matt Thompson. You actually, you had her on, right? On the first show. <laughs> I think her content is funny. Uh, yeah, on TikTok. And I just watched it today. I was like, I was laughing about it. I think it's great. Do you, you said Leah, right? Yeah. Yeah, we just recorded that episode. And I think we're going to be posting it like Monday or something like that. So yeah, yeah stay tuned. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you didn't, you didn't do it with her. You did it with Heidi. I was like, wait, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but we have done it with but Leah. We just interviewed too. her yesterday. Yeah. So it will be posted. That's so funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love her. Cool. Uh, question two, what will the price of Bitcoin be in 10 years? Oh, oh my gosh. In 10 years, let's say a million. All right, all right. That's the popular answer. That's the yeah, popular. That is a, a million, a million and zero. I mean, you're gonna be episode number five, so we're still early on this, but a million or zero are like the two most popular answers, yeah, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. And I'm in the million boat, so let's keep <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one going. Let's hope so. Uh question three. What is the most underrated project in crypto? Underrated project in crypto. Other than Apex. I was gonna say <laughs> obviously Apex. Um, underrated project in crypto. Um, oh gosh. Uh, it's called, what, what is it called? Um, it's a coin for sustainability, like turning plastic with plastic things and plastic into fuel and into crypto. Mm. I forgot the name of it. Other crypto projects that's that's underestimated. I like that you're digging deep for this one though. So this one usually gets people. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, maybe DTube I think has potential. Well, thanks so much, Uma, for taking the time to chat with Alf and I today. We really appreciate it, and and all the best on the Apex journey as you go forward. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, really appreciate it, um, and yeah, keep up the great show. Wish you all the best, and hopefully, we'll have another chat soon. Thank you for listening to Show Me the Crypto. Please make sure to subscribe as well as rate and review this podcast.